0: Welcome to No More, Risk Better, a Credit Sites podcast. I'm Winnie Caesar, the Global Head of Strategy. And I'm Zach Griffiths, the Credit Sites Senior Investment Grade Strategist. As strategists, we aim to make sense of the macro and the micro, highlighting opportunities and the risks facing the fixed income markets.
1: As important as the macro
0: call may be, we understand that credit investing at its core comes down to keen single name selection, and we at Credit Sites benefit from the expertise of our team of over
1: 100 analysts across the US, Europe, and Asia.
0: This podcast offers a look at the conversations that we have with our analysts on a regular basis. If you are an investment professional focused on the wide universe of fixed income, you'll want to give this podcast a listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Credit Sites Podcast. This is Winnie Caesar, Global Head of Strategy at Credit Sites. And today I am joined by Carrie Canton, who is LFI's US Bureau Chief. LFI, if you're not familiar, is one of our sister companies of Credit Sites under the Fitch Solutions brand. And I'm really excited to talk to Carrie today because she is a LevFin and loan expert. And we all know that the loan market has a lot going on. Carrie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Winnie. All right. So before we get into the nitty gritty of leveraged loans, let's talk a little bit about LFI. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with LFI and your team, what is it? What do you focus on? What do you do? Tell me all about it.
1: Sure. So LFI was started up about seven years ago, and
0: we are a news
1: and data service focused on, as the name might imply, leveraged finance. So we cover leveraged loans, high yield bonds, CLOs, private credit and special situations. So we focus on both new issue transactions from a time maybe an LBO is announced, but then we'll also follow it through to the secondary. And if something starts to go awry, it gets passed off to our special sits team. We also track a lot of data points based on our reporting around deal volume, relative value between loans and high yields, leverage stats. So we have a lot of leverage stats that are very helpful to our clients as well.
0: You guys do have absolutely great data. I definitely take a look at it on a very regular basis. And I think we all know that the leveraged loan market and private credit, direct lending markets have been major areas of investor focus. So much capital has gone into those pockets over the past, call it five years at this point. And there are a lot of questions around what's exactly in there? What is happening? So let's dive into the loan market. What is going on in the loan market lately? It looks like loan spreads tightened a good bit in September. But more recently, you know, risk markets have definitely come under some pressure with Treasury yields making new recent highs on a minute by minute basis. Has that risk aversion made it into the loan market? Yes,
1: it has, probably not to the same degree as high yield, but yes, we've definitely seen over the past week and a half or so, the market back up a bit, both on the secondary front. Last week, the average bid price of the Credit Suisse loan index was down 28 basis points, which in our world is a material move. And on the new issue front, the market had been going pretty gangbusters in September. So last Tuesday, in fact, there were 14 lender calls, which is in one day alone, to launch largely opportunistic transactions. But as market conditions deteriorated as the week went on, it got a little bit interesting. And there was everything like things got done. We haven't had a deal that's been withdrawn yet, but a couple of repricings cleared a bit wide of awk. And there was some deals have, you know, there was just sort of a lot of back and forth about what's going to happen. And then another thing we've seen is that when these deals do eventually break for trading, the opening bid is right in line with the issue price, which sort of, you know, does not suggest it got done by leaps. Um so this week. The market isn't closed. We've had a handful of deals emerge, but I think it's about four point eight billion this week versus nearly sixteen billion that launched in the first two days of the week versus the first two days of last week. And I think a lot of people are sort of trying to figure out, you know, where things
0: are going. I mean, we are certainly trying to figure out where things are going. If you've missed it, we put out a preliminary 2024 forecast, which really felt like operating kind of in the dark at this point, but everyone is very much looking ahead to what's going to happen next year. So back to the loan market, we had some headlines earlier in the year from your team. You guys did a great job covering this, the CLO reinvestment period. And there was a lot of noise around CLO reinvestment periods coming to an end, what that meant for actual loan refinancings, would there be bid for these kind of new loans that needed to be refinanced? What is your latest take on the refinancing avenues for the leveraged loan issuers? Maturity walls aren't that big in, call it 2024, but once we get in 2025 and 2026, things rise pretty materially. So it is still very much an issue.
1: You know, the number of CLOs exiting reinvestment, it creates an issue if you have, you know, 30% or whatever of the lender base that can extend. So what happened in September was for much of the year, the loan market was relying on the secured bond market to sort of help fill the gap. And so if you had a $6 billion loan and, you know, the sell side was actually trying to make rough estimates of what investors they thought couldn't extend, they'd say, okay. We think we need to plug roughly a billion and a half hole. They'd come out and do a billion and a half bond deal. And we saw that, you know, earlier in the year and throughout the summer. And then when September hit, there was one big deal that was supposed to come from restaurant brands or there was a big loan extension. It's five and change billion. They were originally planning one billion of other secured debt, but ultimately wound up eliminating it because the market was so strong. Now, that's a double B-rated borrower, though, but you did see some B-3, and in the loan market, just as a distinction, there's quite a big difference between you know where you are in the rating spectrum here. But you did see some B-3 deals get done fine. Then as we got to the end of the quarter, there was an amend to extend out for LifePoint Health, and they kind of jumped in in the last minute with a 1.1 issue of um, 11 firstly notes, and that came along an extension that kicked out the maturity of the term loan for three years. And I have a feeling going forward, we are going to need in certain instances, the high yield market, particularly for lower rated deals in the double B segment of the market, which sort of operates on a different technical because there's Obviously, it's that's risky, and you know there's banks and there's different players there that could help support that on its own. That being said, it depends a lot on. I mean, treasury yields are you know skyrocketing. What does the borrower want? Do you know is the relative value attractive? Also, if you're looking at call protection, the standard call protection in the loan market is six months of one one soft call, you know versus a seven year non call three deal. So I think we're going to see different considerations going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that your point around callability in the loan market, you know, one of the reasons we saw the BSL market grow so much in call it 2018 to 2022 is because there was that just constant repricing lower, it felt like. And that soft call was very attractive. It gave especially private equity sponsors a lot of flexibility in terms of capital structures. And now we're at this point where, you know, do you want to actually lock in levels that are really? elevated on an all-in cost basis by going into the high yield bond market where you might have, you know, more access to liquidity and just, you know, a bit more investor attention given some of the the different dynamics or do you want to just stick with the loan market where maybe in 6, 12 months you'll be able to re- reprice lower. It's just a massive game theory I think right now for a lot of issuers.
1: Yeah, and obviously you also have to consider you know, the elevated base rates in loan land. Mm-hmm. So it'll be an interesting thing going forward you know, to see how that all plays out. Another area that has also been helpful to the loan market, it in certain respects has been private credit because there have been some very large deals, particularly two that happened actually both in September, Finastra and Highland Software that were refinanced out of the loan market into private credit. And there've been a handful of triple C rates Credits. We reported, it's a small deal, but we reported on one today called Zep. They make like soap and cleaning, you know fluids. They exited. Finaster was triple C. And so you've seen some of the harder deals to refinance leave for the private credit market, which is sort of interesting because I think when private credit really came on the scene a couple of years ago and the underwriters and you know the, like the traditional underwriters were sort of going head to head with private credit market, it was sort of like, oh my goodness, they're stealing our market share. Now I think there are some instances where they can work together if private credit takes junior capital or in instances where a deal that would be a tough sell in the BSL market can be resolved without any sort of a restructuring.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to see how this world of leverage finance is evolving, where the high yield market is definitely not what it was pre-great financial crisis with far fewer LBO deals. A lot of that went into the leverage loan market, and now we're seeing a lot of that move into the private credit market. And your, your point around banks is interesting, kind of pairing up to be involved in the world of private credit in one way or another. I know we've seen headlines lately with Wells Fargo looking to team up with CenterBridge to get involved with corporate private credit. credit deals rather than sponsor backed. So that'll be an interesting avenue. So let's talk a little bit about loan performance. I have to admit that I was wrong on loans this year. I was not expecting a particularly robust year from returns, mostly because I was a little bit worried about fundamentals. How have loans performed this year?
1: Well, loans have performed quite well. In fact, at this point, the year-to-day return is just below 10%, but it did actually go above 10% sort of before the recent um, volatility in the market. You know, people were definitely very concerned about fundamentals in the beginning of the year, and you were seeing outflows into loan mutual funds, which was kind of trumping the benefit of the elevated base rates. But I think if you take a look You know, around the average coupon in the loan market right now is like over 9 percent, but the average spread is S plus 379. This is based on the CS index. So the base rates are really being additive to returns. And also, if you look at it, the loan market did have a fair deal of upside potential closing out 2022 just south of the average bid price. The CS index was 91 spot 89. So we're just below 95 now, but there was definitely room to run from a secondary perspective. Of course, hindsight's always 2020, and it's easier to see things from that perspective. But nevertheless, the loan market is on path for its best year since 2009, when, of course, um, it clawed back, the index clawed back from prices in the 60s after Lehman collapsed. So I don't know that well, hopefully we won't have another year like that to compare with. How does this compare with high yield money?
0: So the high yield market has not done quite as well. We were definitely up more earlier in the year, but this recent move higher in rates has started to weigh on returns. And we're now back to about 5.4% on a year-to-date total return basis, which is not terrible, but it also is only you know kind of half of last year's losses being recouped. And I would note that this is now the third consecutive year that the leveraged loan market is outperforming the high yield bond market on a total return basis and very infrequently is there a fourth year of consecutive outperformance by loans relative to bonds. So I'm going to say that next year is the year that bonds make their comeback relative to leverage.
1: What makes you think that bonds will have a strong year next year?
0: Well, I mean, this most recent rise in Treasury yields has been you know, nothing short of bananas. It has been very eye-popping how quickly intermediate yields especially have risen. And you know, we have a much more dovish view on the Fed and inflation. We think that the Fed will be able to start cutting rates sooner than the market is currently anticipating sometime in Q1 of 2024 in an effort to keep things tight but not overly restrictive as inflation comes down. We don't think the the Fed is going to want to be incrementally restrictive by keeping real yields at levels that they are currently. And that should be a massive beneficiary for high yield, especially as we see cash rotate out of the front end where it's been locked up in T-bills and money market funds and adding some duration to portfolios. We also like high yield fundamentals. We think that the market is in pretty good shape as a whole, much more aligned to double B issuers, a big focus on deleveraging and balance sheet management. Especially by those companies that really had some issues during the height of the pandemic. And putting all of those factors together between the fundamental and the technical and just the bond math of lower yields boosts high yield returns, then we feel pretty good about the outlook for performance on kind of a forward 12-month basis. So are there any other interesting performance tidbits that we should touch on in kind of the leverage loan versus high yield market? In high yield, it's definitely been all about triple C performance. This year, which caught a lot of people by surprise, triple Cs are up about 12% year to date. Though they're probably down a little bit today after we've seen some more spread widening on the rising yields. What about leveraged loans?
1: Triple Cs have also led the market higher in leveraged loans. Um, but one thing also to keep in mind with loans is that, I mean, if you're going to look at the double B segment of the market, you know, and less or so depending on where in single B you are, is loans of very limited upside potential? Because of the six months of 101 soft call, essentially a loan trading to its call price is par. And, you know, if something is at 101, it's we kind of deem it to be in nosebleed territory. So it's a little bit of a different dynamic. And so the triple C has had a lot of room to run on. So that, you know, segment of the market has performed very well, you know, on an average basis, of course, you know, you might want to pick and choose your spots carefully.
0: Yes, that's absolutely true. It's, it's hard to pound the table in wholesale on triple Cs, I think, across leverage finance, just given where we are in the cycle. But there are definitely some opportunities. And the high yield market's interesting. Right now, the dollar price on double Bs and single Bs is within $1 of each other. They're both Trading in the high 80s. So that to me would indicate that there's, you know, some potential upside on double B's if you believe that that rates might start to come down at some point. And that's a little bit different than the leverage loan double B universe. So how are you feeling about the rest of the year? It's definitely been a a bumpy ride the past few days after, you know, a month of, of pretty good positivity. Are clients concerned about this move to hire for longer in the rates market, which could really erode kind of interest coverage levels and ability to refinance debt in the loan market?
1: So yes, everybody's definitely keeping a close eye on this, I think particularly in sort of the B3 and lower segment, people are really watching this. And this really could, if this really starts, if interest coverage begins to erode, this could start, in some of that B3 could move into the triple C. And I think that's what was scaring people off from the loan market earlier in the year. And after, you know, second quarter results came on a better than people had feared. There was okay, you know, maybe we could have a soft landing and suddenly all this money came into the asset. So that is definitely a big consideration. However, if you kind of look at the double B side of things, if you're not really worried about defaults, you could actually say, oh, wow, our coupon's going to go up even more. And so does that bring more money in, you know, to that segment? It would be interesting to see how it plays out. From the new issue perspective, it feels like we're in a bit of a holding pattern right now. There are some deals out there, but the flood of repricing activity, or at least relative flood. Compared to barely any activity in prior months. You know, I feel like we do have one deal that launched this week, but I feel like that will slow quite a bit, given that it's all about price. Borrowers that do need to address upcoming maturities, and particularly if you've DLO reinvestment issue is only gonna get worse, you probably are incent to try and find a pocket to come. And I think we'll probably see some more issuance. For now, I imagine if I were, you know, on the sell side, gosh, you might be looking at going, okay, well, the CPI data comes out this day and the Fed meetings at the end of the month. And you maybe try and figure out a time frame when, you know, to try and best time the market. I have no idea if this I did not ask them, but I mean, maybe it isn't a coincidence that that $5.2 billion deal for World WorldPay allocate, allocate a couple of hours before the Fed meeting, it might not be, you know. So I think people will be sort of trying to time it right. But should things calm down, one thing to point out is that, and this is probably a good thing, even though we didn't feel this way a few weeks ago, a lot of the underwritten deals that had been on the forward calendar, the World Pay, Cineo, Simon & Schuster, Bausch & Lehm, these deals all came out and have been syndicated and are done and dusted. And our forward calendar is really quite depleted at the moment. There's a few deals that are supposed to be coming in, you know, Q4 that I'm aware of. And some of the other underwrites have a longer regulatory tail or whatnot and could be into next year. But if there's a real lack of supply, Should things stabilize, I would imagine that you'll see repricings come back, particularly for the better rated credits. You'll see some more dividend deals. And, you know, the other interesting rumbling I've heard is because the cost of private credit deals is much higher than BSL deals, that I think they're looking for opportunities to potentially refinance a private credit deal into the BSL market, which would be a source of new money, you know, so to speak. But we'll see how things play out. You know, it's going to be very interesting next couple of weeks for sure.
0: It has been an interesting couple of years, and it feels like it's just not slowing down anytime soon, which is great for us. It it keeps us focused on really engaging topics and leaves us very useful to our clients. Carrie, this has been a great discussion. I love talking leverage finance and leverage loans. It's such an interesting asset class. Are there any other things that you want to leave our listeners with before we close out?
1: Gosh, I mean, stay tuned. <laughs> There's a lot of ground to cover, but I think I'll leave it at that, Winnie.
0: I I love it. Thank you so much, Carrie. If anyone has questions and would like to reach out to us, you can always go to creditsites.com and reach out to us using Ask an Analyst. We are always happy to help. And good luck to you in the fourth quarter of 2023. Have a great one. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Winnie. Credit Sites Disclaimer All price references correspond to the date of this recording. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, or reproduced in whole or in part. Neither Credit Sites nor its affiliates makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any information contained in this podcast. Credit Sites is not providing investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, is not providing research or making any recommendations, nor is Credit Sites offering or soliciting any transaction with respect to the purchase or sale of any security. Receipt by this listener of this podcast is not the giving of advice by credit sites or its affiliates.